well, what if everybody moves out of my storage facility tonight? Like everything's going wrong. That would just be the next thing, right? Like I yell at my kids and then something else happens and it's a bad day. I'm like, well, the only thing to make this worse would be if everybody moves out of my storage facility, then I go bankrupt. It's like, okay, I can catch myself doing that. And what I do is that that as soon as I catch myself, that's identifying the, the trigger, I then have an automatic positive thought that I replace. And mine is, I'll just share, how lucky am I that my biggest problems are crap my brain makes up? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Boat, and today our guest is Michael Wagner from the Storage Rebellion. He is a self-storage investor who teaches other people how to invest in self-storage. And today we're talking about the science of success. This is not only applicable to self-storage, but success in life in general. Michael's been very successful in the self-storage space, and he's helping others succeed there as well through his brand marketing and knowledge training company, The Storage Rebellion. I'm a big fan of what he puts out, the content that he puts out. For those of you who watch us on YouTube, you'll see that I'm wearing one of his Storage Rebellion t-shirts right now because I'm just such a big fan. He sent it over. And I'm always referring people to their community who want to learn more about the details of self-storage investing, digging into the weeds, going and finding your own deals in the self-storage space. I really think there's no better community on the internet than the Storage Rebellion. And today we're talking with the founder of the Storage Rebellion to learn the principles of success. Very applicable to real estate, but not just real estate, real estate and life and everything you want to achieve. And you're going to understand more when we dig into it. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor and I focus on commercial, multifamily and self-storage investments. If you'd like to learn more about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill up the form and schedule a call, and we'll look forward to speaking with you soon. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I, I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, once again, our guest is Michael Wagner from the Storage Rebellion. We're talking about the principles of success in life, business, and everything else. Let's go. Mr. Michael Wagner, thank you so much for coming back on the show, for joining us today. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your background, can you tell us a bit about what you're doing in the self-storage space? Yeah, absolutely, Taylor. I, I, first, thank you for having me on, man. I'm, I'm excited to be back. And quick quick rundown is somewhere around 12 years ago, a dozen years, I guess, I uh, uh, made the transition from uh, small multifamily investor to self-storage investor. The, the very short version is I was a physical therapist by trade, knew that I needed some sort of side hustle to get out of the rat race and reclaim control of my own time. And so I pursued real estate like many of your listeners, I'm sure uh, have, have some, some sort of similarity to that story. And uh, after about three years of doing the multifamily thing, I just realized I wasn't getting where I wanted to go fast enough. And so I made the pivot to self-storage. Awesome. I love it. And you also have your thought leadership platform slash self-storage investing community. Can you tell us quick about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say, and don't quote me on this because I, I lose track of time when I'm having fun, but I'm going to say <laughs> three and a half, four years ago, 
I started the Storage Rebellion, which is exactly as you said, it's an online education company, really probably better described as an online community. And we teach people from you know complete newbies looking to just explore the industry, figure out what it's about, whether or not it's for them. We have all sorts of evergreen content that's available 100% for free uh, so that people can figure out if it's for them and then even get a start without investing anything into their education. And then, of course, we've got various levels of coaching and training, even partnership level mentorships that we offer folks that are interested in it. Awesome. And for the folks that are watching the video, you'll see that I'm wearing one of your Storage Rebellion t-shirts because I really like your community and I've probably referred, I don't know, 20 or 30 people to it by now. So you've probably made much more than the cost of this t-shirt back and you very kindly uh, sent me one. So I'm very happy to be uh, wearing it on the show today. So today we want to dig into the science of success and then also discuss how that applies to self-storage investing, why people succeed versus others you know, who don't succeed. So let's dig into that. You were telling me a bit about it before we started uh, recording here. So let's talk about the science of su- science of success. Say that five times fast. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Aside from being hard to say, it's also hard to pull off, but I think it's critically important The just real quick as the backdrop for this, uh, the Storage Rebellion, our, our tagline, and it's much more than a tagline because I I, uh, I believe it to the core of my being that this is our mission. This is what I was put on the earth to, to help people with. And that's we use ordinary garages to create extraordinary lives. And when we say that, sometimes people think, okay, it's like an if-then statement. If I get self-storage success, then I can buy myself an extraordinary life or I, I, I'll deserve an extraordinary life at that point. And it's a very if then statement. And so a lot of the work I do with people is helping them see that it's not an if then proposition. And actually the fastest way to the extraordinary life and storage success is if we do a, what I would call parallel pursuit of both. So we're going to pursue storage success. That's, and when I say that I'm, I'm speaking kind of very specifically about the financial rewards of investing in self-storage, right? We're going to pursue that. And we're also concurrently going to pursue an extraordinary life because the extraordinary life can be used as fuel to enhance the storage success. It's just, I guess the say, the analogy that holds true is, you know, a lot of people who, uh, I, I'm addicted to exercise. I need to do it every day to feel right. And, and uh, folks that aren't of that habit would be like, dude, I'd love to exercise, but there's only 12 hours of daylight and I got kids and I do this and I do that and, and I just don't have any time. One, I have a pet peeve when you say I don't have time because we all have the same amount of hours. We just make different choices. But two, what I what I always say is if I work out for an hour, I could get more done in the time that's left than I ever could if I skipped the workout. And I think that's that same analogy is true in the storage world when we are dedicating a certain amount of energy. And of course, it varies over time. There will be some seasons where we're dialed in just to the nuts and bolts storage stuff, especially in the beginning, because if you don't have a foundation, there's not much to build on. So we've got to get that set up. But then at some point we start to portion in this science of success stuff, the things that are going to help people achieve storage success faster, but it's also applicable to every other aspect of life, whether it's parent, friendship, socially, spiritually, psychologically, emotional well-being, all of these things affect our ability to succeed. And, and though we often try to silo things and pretend like uh, they're segregated, the truth is there's no such thing as silos when it comes to the human experience. So, which is to say, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, if if we're dedicated to succeeding, quote unquote, you know, whatever your personal definition of that is, 
we don't want to think about it in terms of succeeding in my real estate uh, investing career in its own silo. And then family's kind of over on its own side. I'm not as worried about success there or my fitness or just pick the other things. We're not Mm -hmm. putting them each in their own individual silos. We need to think about the kind of totality of these things in our lives and, and work to succeed in all of them, if I'm getting it right. A- absolutely. You got it hundred percent right. Awesome. I love it. And uh, on the exercise thing, by the time this goes live, we'll be uh, well past it, but I'm in the middle of doing 75 hard right now, which is a lot of things, but also involves working out twice a day. One of them has to be outside. And the tough thing for me has so far been the time. It just that is like making the time to do these mm-hmm. things, but also get a lot more focus when, when you're not exercising, but this isn't, this isn't about me. So let's uh, keep digging on into like, okay, we're thinking about these things in terms of the, the totality, maybe the, I'm kind of making a pile motion here in front of me, the pile of our lives and everything that we're working on to succeed with. How do you even get started thinking about, you know, your, your life, your business, your relationships, all these kinds of things and applying success principles, if you will, even though that's, I don't really love that buzz phrase. Sure. No, it's a great question though, despite the buzz phrase and, and, you know, they become buzzworthy for a reason, right? But, you know, my perception and and one of my beliefs is that uh, you can't win a race if you don't know where the finish line is, right? And so the first step to success, whether it's in the world of storage or some other aspect of your life is to define what success is for you, right? And so oftentimes when I start with students, they will start, well, I want, you know, I want to get out of my day job. So leaving my job would be success. Okay. Let's, let's reverse engineer. Do you need to replace all of the income or are you making an excess where if you had a storage portfolio that was making, you know, 75% of what you were making in your job, would that be enough? Taking in tax considerations, all sorts of stuff. We don't need to get into the weeds with it, but that we talk through to really come down to, all right, what's the bottom, what's the what's the freedom number? What number do we have to get to to set you free from that job? And so th- there is a very tactical uh, strategy that we're going to explore. And then we're going to de- delve into, okay, and why is that? Why do you want out of your job? And then people will start to list those reasons. And, and in full transparency, what I'm doing there is one, getting to know folks, but two, I'm trying to find their pain points because our pain points can be used for motivation. Not in a cruel way. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not hooking up (laughs) electrodes to people and and zapping them, but to remind them because uh, everybody loves the idea of what's new and different until they experience it, right? A lot of folks think the idea of traveling around in in your camper five or six months a year would be phenomenal. And I happen to agree with that statement, but I I didn't know that until I did it. I knew I loved the idea of it, and then I did it step by step, and I've learned through a lot of practice that we we as a family do enjoy that. The same is true for storage. It's new and exciting, and people are like, I want to do that. Well, until they realize what it takes to succeed, because this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. There is no free lunch. It takes work up front. Last time I was on, I know you and I dove in and, and dissected the difference between passive and residual income, right? It takes work up front. And three months, six months later, when somebody's on the brink of success, but not yet there, I need to be able to help them remember why they were interested in the first place. What is it that's really at stake? It's not a storage unit. It's not a facility. Your entire future is at stake. And so do we want to give up after three months, six months in? Um, and so that's just one way that we, we help to motivate people. 
there's a, a book that I, I really like by Hale Elrod. It's called the, the Miracle Equation. And he basically guarantees you success in achieving whatever miracle you, you define for yourself, right? So any goal you have, he calls them miracles, but any goal you have, you have to have unwavering faith in your ability to do it. And you need to not quit until you get there. If you have those two things, you can achieve anything you want. And it sounds a little hokey, but in my experience, it's 100% true. And so that's just one of the ways I help students remember that truth. Right. So that so every, people might be familiar with The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, but I'm not familiar with this other book. So it's a little education for me. And then I'll put that book on my list here. But that idea of unwavering faith in yourself to achieve it, I think it's easy to think you can build that in in the maybe more chronic long-term sense. Yeah, I believe I can do it. But when really the tough part is when a stumbling block comes up and you get that little urge to not tackle it right away or just to give up in general, that's really when your unwavering faith in yourself to achieve it becomes relevant. But that's hard to build. Is Do you think that's like an innate thing or is it a practice? Like how can you cultivate that faith in yourself to achieve your goal? Yeah, I, I think it's, I, I think there are certainly people, everybody has their nature, right? So there are people that have a little more grit and, and stick-to-itiveness, if that's a word. They have that embedded in them. Uh, so they might have a slight advantage. Uh, I don't know that I'm one of those people necessarily. I think more it's more about the nurture side of the equation. And it is, you use the perfect word, it's practice. And we're not always going to get it right. And we are going to have kind of experiences where we come up a little short, whether that's in the result or in our effort. That's two different things, but both worthy of our own assessment so that we can learn from them, right? It's the the old cliche that you're, you know, it's not a failure unless you fail to learn something. So if you fall, if you come up short, what can you learn from that and then apply it to the next step? And And one of the biggest components of, I believe not, not quitting, like permanently quitting is is the element of grace, extending grace to yourself. I'm one of those guys and, and I would venture to guess that a lot of your audience might fall into this category because entrepreneurs as a whole tend to be hard charging type A personalities who expect nothing but the best from themselves, which is great. Nothing wrong with that. And when we fall short, sometimes we can become our own worst critic to the extent that it slows us down even more. So if we can remember okay, I'm human. Everybody makes mistakes. What can I learn from this? I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm going to extend myself grace. I'm going to forgive myself and I'm going to move on because let's say you're on this great trajectory and then you have an experience where you come up short. Well, you can't move on until you let go. And until you let go and move on, you're not going to make any more progress, right? You end up in a funk or in a stalled kind of, sometimes people describe it as, "Ah, I'm in a rut. I lost my mojo. Whatever it is, that happens to all of us. The question becomes, do you have the tools necessary to get yourself out of the rut, to find your mojo as quickly as possible so you can get back on the right track? So I suspect we all have a different tool kits or toolboxes or whatever when it comes to getting ourselves out of those ruts. I mean, we all have different psychologies and, and motivations, but how can we like build that toolbox? Because those times are going to come for everybody. We're all going to stumble. We're all going to get into a rut just to continue with that with that mm-hmm. phrase everybody that you know who's successful has gotten into one of those ruts before but they've gotten themselves out to some degree yeah. how do you start building that that toolkit like for me exercise really helps but when you're in mm-hmm. a rut it's really hard to go exercise it's actually hard to build the mental energy to go do it 
but you know, I know on the backside, it's going to be a little easier to get back up and keep moving in the business. But how can, how can you build that toolkit in general and know the thing that's going to help you get out of the, the rut? Yeah, it's a great, great question. And by no means am I an expert, but I think part of my answer is an example of what I believe to be the truth. And that is a lot of it has to do with our surroundings, whether that's our environment and our people. The old cliche with exercise is like, if you can just remind yourself that the hardest part is putting on your shoes and get yourself to do that, the running actually becomes easy or the workout or whatever. Like it's it's literally the the inertia of getting started. That's the biggest hill. And then everything else is almost downhill after that. Um, the more times you, exp- there are some people listening that go, that is certainly not true. Running is terrible, Mike, I promise. And I hate running. I, it, there is a time <laughs> where if you do it enough, not running is harder than running. And I'm using running as an example. It could be lifting weights. It could be whatever. That old meme on Facebook comes up, right? Like being in shape is hard. So is being overweight. Choose your hard, right? Um, marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. And, and so obviously, and, and I bring that meme up, that's again, my surroundings. I can, when I'm in a rut, I can go numb myself with mindless YouTube, Netflix videos, or I can seek out empowering, inspiring Tony Robbins like content that's going to fuel me and get me going. So I think that's a big part of it. And then the people you surround yourself with, um, accountability, friends that understand what it's like to be in a rut where you can share you know, from an honest place, what you're up against so that they can help you. And then picking and choosing from maybe I'll say something that someone goes, yeah, I could use that next time and try it out. And maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. One example for me is when I'm in a rut, I tend to, I tend to get a little anxious and I'll worry and I'll like make up problems that don't exist so I can worry about them. Right? Like, well, what if everybody moves out of my storage facility tonight? Like everything's going wrong. That would just be the next thing, right? Like I yell at my kids and then something else happens and it's a bad day. I'm like, well, the only thing to make this worse would be if everybody moves out of my storage facility, then I go bankrupt. It's like, okay, I can catch myself doing that. And what I do is that that as soon as I catch myself, that's identifying the, the trigger, I then have an automatic positive thought that I replace. And mine is, I'll just share, how lucky am I that my biggest problems are crap my brain makes up? I'm worrying about something that didn't like even that. happen yet. There's lots of people that have real problems and I have real problems. I just choose to worry about ones I made up for some reason when I'm in a rut, right? And so that's one example. The other is, and it's similar along the same route, affirmations. And this goes all the way back to uh, Think and Grow Rich, I'm guessing is a book a lot of folks know within your audience, that's actually based on a two-volume encyclopedia. Not many people know that. It's called The Laws of Success, Volume 1 and Volume 2, also by Napoleon Hill. And it's very esoteric. It's, I mean, they're 300 pages each volume. But in it, he talks about starting your day with an affirmation. And I, I use the first part of it still to this day, 15 years later. And that is, I know I have the ability to achieve the object of my definite purpose. And then dot, 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 I fill in whatever my purpose is. So, if I'm at mile 23 of a 26 mile race and every part of my being is saying, you can't keep up this pace, I I shut that voice down by just replacing it with, I know I have the ability to achieve the object of my definite purpose, which is to finish this race in this amount of time. And I just say that over and over and over again to drown out the negative voices. So that was a lot. Hopefully it resonates with somebody somewhere. No, I love it. I hope it does. One that we're talking about YouTube clips, one that I really like is Earl Nightingale's 
uh, the strangest secret in the world. I think that's awesome. It's also okay. like 70 years old. So the quality of the recording is not very good, but yeah. look it up on YouTube. If you're listening, looking for something, it's about half an hour long. It's great. I recommend it. And I, we sent it out to our, our listeners. So before we started recording, you were telling me about this, this equation, basically, when it comes to a discomfort, making decisions that are good for us versus bad for us. And, and before we move on to the next part of the show, I just wanted to touch on that because I thought that was really a uh, wise and, and insightful. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for it, but I'm happy to convey to you the genius that is Gay <laughs> Hendricks. He wrote a book called The Big Leap, which one I'm about to share is one of like 10 or 12 golden nuggets in it. Um, but he he defines something that he calls the upper limit problem. And this, hopefully I can articulate this well because it's, it's quite counterintuitive. Uh, but essentially what he says is that humans as organisms based in science, we have a preference for the status quo, right? It's uh, homeostasis is the cellular term for that. And we think of homeostasis as like, oh, our cells need to be a certain way, but as is the cell, so is the complete organism. So we as human beings have this desire, be it physical, mental, psychological, emotional, to stay within the confines of, let's call it your comfort zone, right? And oftentimes we think of that as like, okay, I'll stretch myself and learn a little bit and I'll make myself uncomfortable, meaning I'll run a little faster than I'm comfortable. And that's kind of the extent to what we think about, hey, you don't grow when you're in your comfort zone. And that's one side of it and that's all valid. But one of the things that that Gay Hendricks focuses on is this upper limit problem. And what he essentially says is that we all have a tolerable level of everything. Now, what that to, to say it more clearly, we can all tolerate X amount of happiness. Maybe that's an eight out of 10 on the happiness scale. And I know everybody listening is going, well, that's ridiculous, Mike, because give me 12 out of 10 all day long. <laughs> and as much as I wish that were true, those of you that think that the truth is if we're honest and fully conscious, we can find examples in our life, not across the board, but examples in our life where we will move beyond that eight out of 10 happiness and maybe we'll get to nine or we'll even touch on a 10 level of happy and we will unconsciously sabotage ourselves to bring us back down to eight, which is our sweet spot for happy, right? And and his point is not to you know become disillusioned that, oh, I sabotage myself. I must be some sort of, you know, I'm I'm ladled with neuroticism or something like it's natural. It's human. It's a survival mechanism. We're meant we comfortable means safe in many ways and safety means survival. And so this isn't anything that anyone's done wrong. Uh, but if we can be just become aware of it, we can start to notice areas in our life and we can if we choose to. It is a choice. We can choose to ratchet up a little bit and go, you know what? I'm going to look for instances where maybe I'm sabotaging myself and I'm going to choose not to. And I'm going to see what an 11 or a 12 or a 15 out of 10 might feel like. And in time, you get acclimated to that. And so what's a 12 for me right now? If I continue to experience that 12 for three years, it might be an eight again. And then I need to ratchet it up. And so essentially, this is just a way for us to think about through awareness, raising our threshold whether it's for happiness, success, money, performance, any of these things fall within the confines of this kind of perspective, I guess we'll call it. That's interesting. And and I can definitely personally uh, relate to that, that explanation that trying to get back to the baseline unconsciously in, in certain occasions. I mean, what was the name of the book? Again, I'm, again, I'm going to have to put that on my list. The Big Leap. 
The Big Leap. Who's yes. the author? Gay Hendricks. And there are, like I said, so many other great. Uh, he he's one of the guys who went very deep into like zone of incompetence, zone of competence, zone of excellence, and zone of genius. Hands down, just a great book. Everybody uh, in your audience should add that one to their to their uh, nightstand for sure. Awesome. I'm very curious. You know, you coach a lot of people. You work with a lot of people through the Storage Rebellion. Have you developed a a, a sense, a sixth sense, or or something in your mind that that helps you kind of? I hate to say predetermined, but it, but like predict whether somebody is going to succeed or or falter or give up in the self-storage space. space. I'm wondering if there are reliable signs on the front end or if some people kind of you think they're going to go and and not succeed and then they prove you wrong and really knock it out of the park. I mean, what are your thoughts on working with so many people? Yeah, it's a great question. One, I will just admit fully that, you know, I'm I'm not the all-powerful being that decides <laughs> if and when people succeed, right? And so Good. I would... I would never pretend to know if people are going to succeed. I do have a pretty good sense if I can be of service to them. And I'm often helping people come to the understanding that, hey, maybe I'm not the right guy for you. And that's totally cool. I'd rather send somebody to one of my, and I'm using air quotes here, quote unquote, competitors who teach storage, if they're going to be a better fit for that person, simply because life's too short to work people work with people who, one, you might not have perfect chemistry with, or two, if I'm not the best person to help them, I I want I think it is in I think the right thing to do is introduce them to somebody who can help them more efficiently than I could. That said, I have a very long vetting process for our program, so um, we don't get married after a first date. There's there's definitely a a dating period where we, for both of our benefit, get to know one another and figure out if it's going to be a good fit. And not only if if the storage rebellion is a good fit for somebody, awesome, let's do it. But at what level is it a good fit? Are you someone who just is really DIY and you don't need a lot of ongoing support? Then then here, this might be something something for you to look at. It's an evergreen course or whatever it is. Um, and then there may be somebody who says, yeah, I could do it that way, but I don't want to. I want a community. I want to surround myself with people that are doing this because entrepreneurship and real estate investing can be lonely. Okay, cool. Let's look at our mastermind group. And then somebody might say, I want a partner. And that would be our partnership level one-on-one coaching, right? And it's so it's not just about if they're going to succeed, but what do they need to succeed? And I will tell you point blank, we don't work with anybody who we feel needs us to succeed. We work with people who want us to help shorten the road to success. Two very, very different things. One, you end up being a babysitter holding hands. And the other, <laughs> you end up being a coach and a mentor and usually a friend. And selfishly, you know, I'll just say at, at risk of hopefully not sounding arrogant, but my storage investing pays all of our bills. My family and I live on the road six months a year, so we don't want for for very much. The coaching, because of that, the coaching side of my business is entirely impact-driven. There's no pressure to say yes to somebody who might not be a good fit. So, you know, in, in the real estate space, there is a lot of what I would describe false exclusivity, meaning everybody mm-hmm. talks about, oh, if you qualify, we'll let you in. But then the truth is having enough money is the only qualification you need. At the Storage Rebellion, we're, we're fortunate to have some insulation against that tendency because of everything I just described. Awesome. And, and I think you're, you know, to fanboy out a little bit, I think your monthly calls are very well formatted. I loved, you know, I, I attended a few of those for a while and I just loved the, the way they were set up and the community and how helpful everybody was. Yeah. And I think that could be a good way for folks to kind of get their their toes in the water. And I'm, 
other than a t-shirt, I'm not being compensated in any way for, for giving this recommendation, right? But I've really, you know, I do monthly webinars and, and you know, I've, I've told you this, but I kind of stole some of the format aspects mm-hmm. and the way you run your meetings is very, uh, very, I don't know, it's well put together and I think very constructive and, and you do it differently. There is a lot of false exclusivity, especially in the multifamily space. There's a lot more of that. And mm-hmm. there are also a lot of folks who, instead of paying their bills with their real estate investments are paying their bills with their expensive coaching program. And there's no way you can really figure that out until you're on right. the inside of the space and a uh, right. little gross, but anyway. Yeah. Well, and that's why we've, we've set our community up so that you get inside the space for free. And only after that, do you decide whether or not you want to invest into deeper education and, and, you know, there's benefits that's not just beneficial to the students, but that's beneficial to us as the administrators of the program. There are a lot of people who who read my website and see it and go, eh, he's probably not my kind of guy. And that's totally cool because guess what? Then I don't have to help them figure that out. So we just try to be very authentic and honest up front, knowing that there's plenty of people that'll be a good fit. And, and any that aren't, I wish them well in finding the person that's going to be their good fit. So, well, for anybody out there who really wants to get more active in self-storage specifically, don't go to bigger pockets. I mean, sure, go to bigger pockets, but go to the storage rebellion. I mean, I'm always pointing people your direction because the the forum, the community on its own is awesome. I'm, I'm, it's crazy that it's free to just like get your foot in the door. I mean, that's ridiculous. You could definitely charge for that, but uh, <laughs> hey, it's, it's great that you don't. Right on. Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you helping spread the word and, and the opportunity to come on and, and share. A lot of times I talk about the medicine and the cheese. Everyone comes to the Storage Rebellion primarily looking for what I would describe as the cheese. And that's the storage investing stuff because that's what's going to help them achieve a level of financial independence. But the truth is the medicine comes inside that cheese. And that's all of what you and I were talking about today. I think the the limiting beliefs that we can work together to identify and eliminate is far more valuable in the long term for all of us, myself included. I love it. I love it. Totally agree. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. The first step to growing your wealth is tracking your wealth, income, spending, and everything else about your finances. You can start tracking your wealth for free and get six free months of wealth advisory with personal capital by going to escapingwallstreet.com and using our link. Create your free account today and automate the way you track your money. Personal capital is my preferred way to track my finances, and now we're making that available for listeners. Terms and conditions apply. See the personal capital website for details. Once again, to get the offer, go to escapingwallstreet.com and use our link. Back to the show. All right, Mike, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show, but you've been on the show before you've answered those questions. I got three new ones for our returning guests. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Great. First one, what is your favorite book, whether business or personal enjoyment? Right now, I would say it is Be Your Future Self Now by Dr. Ben Hardy. I haven't heard of that one. You gotta, it's a good one. Well, the books, I like that. Great. So we had your uh, favorite book, Be Your Future Self Now. Interesting. I haven't heard of that one. I have to check that one out. Second question, what is a tool, piece of software, technology, system, asset, something in your business that you could just not possibly live without? Yeah, I got to say my answer to that might be a little esoteric, but it's it's the use of a tool called a vision. So sometimes when people hear the word vision, they think of, you know, some, some guy up in the clouds or something. I'm talking vision, meaning a well-defined personally and well-defined definition of your success. 
And not only doing it once, like a New Year's resolution, but actually forming a relationship with that vision and using it on a daily basis, reviewing it, reading it, updating it monthly, and making it an integral part of your life. Anyone who ends up reading Be Your Future Self by Ben Hardy will understand why I like that book so much, given my second answer just now. Awesome. Awesome. Third one, where is somewhere that you're excited to go in 2023? Yeah, great question. We are on the brink of deciding. It's either going to be the Southwest. We're going to do Texas, Arizona, and New Mexico, probably six weeks in our camper. My wife and three kids, we, we travel around in the camper a bit. So uh, it'll be either the Southwest or the Pacific Northwest. And it's just going to determine if we go in the spring, we'll go to the Southwest. If we go in late summer, we'll go to the Pacific Northwest. Awesome. Well, both great choices. I thought Albuquerque in particular, when I went there was beautiful and nobody's talking about how gorgeous it is down there. Really? Mm -hmm. I think it's a hidden gem, if you will. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch, if they want to learn more about you or your business or anything like that, where can they track you down? Yeah, thank you. Um, two places. One, the storagerebellion.com. That's if you want to check out the website and see what we're all about. If you don't want to read about it and you just want to experience it, I would send you instead to storagerebels.com. You can sign up for free, get a seven-day course on self-storage investing, and then free access to the community. Awesome. Well, like I said, that community, it's crazy that it's free. I mean, you could definitely charge some solid money for that. So it's a great deal. And if you know folks are interested, they should definitely get involved. And I want to thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much, you guys. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And look us up on YouTube. You get to see this awesome Sword Rebellion t-shirt that I'm wearing and uh, check out all of our other videos. I want to thank you guys once again for joining us today. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day. See you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>